This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, BeGambleAware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Back from Arfield. What a belly! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery into the path of McCann and the ball finds the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Claret and Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Kellan! Oh, that's justice! That is justice at the Amex Stadium! Burnley are level and deserve to be! Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode here on the Turfcast podcast YouTube channel and on the podcast, of course, if you're listening on the podcast, I can see there by the thumbnail, we are doing something a little bit different today. It's the international break, there's no Burnley games, and I did say I might take a break, and I was going to take a break, but then Sam messaged me, he's like, shall we do something? I was trying to do a Yorkshire accent then, mate, but I, I left it out. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yeah, sorry, go on, because you came up with a good idea of you know, discussing the season so far, because of course there's been a lot of changes. On the pitch, off the pitch. Um, but I've not even introduced you, mate. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see him there. It is, of course, Sam. Again, he's keen on uh, keen as mustard. Not keen on mustard. <laughs> he, might, he might be keen on Do you like mustard, mate? 
It's all right, yeah. Yeah, there you go. He's not that keen on mustard, but he is keen as mustard. So we're here again. How are you doing, mate? I'm not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Had a busy day so far, but so have you. We've been rushing around out there, but you know, we, we love the content, so we are here again. We do. Um, but yeah, let's get into it then. So, season so far, 10 games in. Let's quickly just get into it. Your thoughts on the season so far then, mate? I think it's been quite good, to be fair. I think, you know, where we are in the league is a good, a good start. You know, we're in good stead so far already as we start. Um, each player's kind of coming into their own a little bit more. I don't see any of them, you know, going backwards. I can just see them all, you know, going forwards. Like, you know, all the new players that are coming recently as well, like Zaruri and... And 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 Bayer and those types of players, I think they've been they've been brilliant. To be fair, good additions to the team, and I think companies creating quite a, a positive environment to to be a part of, it, especially as a fan. It's it's been brilliant to watch so far. I think. Yeah, I mean, I know we've both received a bit of criticism in the last week for comparing companies to Dash, but you know, it's <laughs> it's very difficult not to do that when you had somebody mm. for nine years. And then you have a new manager who we've only seen 10 games of, let's be fair, but you're always going to compare them to your last manager. So if you are offended by that, you can turn off now because it will be happening during this show again. Mm -hmm. um, but what you're making of the new... We'll get on to company more as a man and a manager himself, but obviously um, 10 games in and it's it's been a very topsy-turvy summer. It's all settled down a bit now. Obviously, the transfer window's closed. The season started. But 16 players in, I think it was 13 out, and some very, very senior players, of course, the captain, you know, even off, off the field, the manager, uh, James Tarkovsky, who, who should be in the England squad tonight, but isn't still. I thought his move might make him make Southgate see sense, but still not yet. Um, but it's it's been, like I said, a topsy-turvy summer, but, you know, we, we're, we're fourth in the table at the minute. So what are you making of this new style of play? Because I was one of them. I know I've said it time and time again here on the podcast and people will probably get sick of me saying it. I expected us to start very, very slowly. And we mm -hmm. did to an extent for the first four or five games, but then we kicked on. So got to be pretty happy with where we are. I think we've... Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm the same as you. I thought, we, I thought we'd do a lot. We'd be in a worse position than we are now. I was looking at mid-table to start with and then start to see, you know... Building on towards the World Cup, after the World Cup, we'll start to see a little bit more of a, a, a rise up the table. I think a style of play going forward is really good. People just need to, you know, take time in understanding how the whole system works. I think there, there's a part of me that thinks that people got very carried away with how we played at Huddersfield um, because we came into the game and it was pass and move, and every flick worked. It, that first half, we were flawless. They couldn't touch us. And I think because everybody had the mindset of, you know, let's give it a bit of time and see how things go. And then all of a sudden, you know, Burnley on a Friday night, first game of the entire footballing season comes back and Burnley play as well as they did in that first half. And I think Burnley fans were a bit shocked and and thought, Do you know what, we, we could be doing better. Um, and then as we've played a couple of better teams, we've been a little bit found out with the whole um, set pieces are a bit of an issue and um, conceding goals on the counter-attack. Um, obviously, because we we step up quite high and um, and we like to go at teams. But I don't, I don't think you can fault performances. I think, you know, we, the work rate's there all the time. There is, it is a dice race, but the, the fine margins in a couple of the games have been have been out of out of some of the games. You haven't had the you know game management side in some games. We've not you know been on the right side of a of a ball into the box or across the box. But the this will all come in time. Yeah, I see what you're saying about the Oddersfield game because I went into that game thinking we're playing you know one of the best teams in the championship. I think it's been proven now that they are not well off it uh, to be honest. But obviously they, they 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 lost the playoff final last year. Shouldn't have lost it. They were robbed. Let's be honest Absolutely. in the playoff final. Um, so I went into that game thinking we are playing a very, very good side here. And the way that we played them off the park with so much ease, we, we should the, the only travesty in that game is we only won one nil. It should have yeah. been two, three nil. I think it was Colin Roberts missed a chance. Mm -hmm. Um but we, we were sensational. So I know what you mean. And I'm not I, I do I do echo that. I, I feel like I got carried away a little bit as well. But then <laughs> I won't say necessarily teams found us out, but I think teams looked at that and thought, right, okay, so this is the way that Burnley are gonna play. Because nobody knew the way that we were gonna play. Huddersfield wouldn't have had a clue as well. 
Uh, I think I think the fact that we were so quick at moving the ball and things like that would have caught them off guard as well. But obviously, after that was a few draws, draws at home to Hull, draws at home to Luton. Obviously, lost away at Watford, which in itself now looks like a bad result because they're down in tenth. They haven't had a great start. All right, it's quite close at the minute, one win, and they are level on points with us. Um, but yeah, obviously, after that Huddersfield game, like like you said, it, it it went a little bit slower, and that was the bit that we were talking about that we expected to last up until Christmas and the World Cup, but it only lasted a few games. But I, I do feel it was an issue early in the season, wasn't it? Like we weren't breaking teams down, were we? But I, I feel again that we, we've turned that corner a little bit because Millwall sat back; they had no intention of playing any football, uh, and, and we turned the screw there and got the win. Preston as well. I think we're a little bit unfortunate with that, with Mourich's slip. Um, if, if he doesn't slip there, I think we win that game because after they score that goal, they, again, have no intention of playing any football. That's an example yeah. of when it doesn't work, though. Uh, but even Bristol City, you know, they defended quite well and uh, in the second half, you know, they played, they, they wanted to attack a lot more than than your um, Millwalls and your Prestons, but, the, you know, they still sat back and, again, we turned the screw and, and got the reward. So I feel like that is another aspect of the game that we're getting better at and, as you said, there's people coming in the squad, new players all the time, like your Bayers and your Zuhuris, Zerure, sorry, um, who just look good. So I think confidence is growing. And I think even if teams sit back now, I'm confident that eight times out of ten, we might be able to to, to turn turn it into a win and turn the screw and, and get the three points. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we've, we've, we've proven it in games that, our substitutions can change a game now with the squad depth. You know, Zeruri can come on and give you that injection of something totally different. So can Johan if he doesn't start. So can Benson if he doesn't start. Cherlinov, obviously, it's a shame he's picked up his injury when he has done. But yeah. he, could, he could very easily come back into the team and, and, be, and be a world beater. You know, we don't know how Dervish Oglu plays yet totally. Um we haven't even had Scott Twine back in the team yet. I know that's a talking point every single week for us at the minute. Yeah. But you know, um, you know, all these players are, you know, still fighting for their game time and and their opportunities to to really showcase what they can do. And and like I say, I haven't been this excited being a Burnley fan for a long time. There's no, like you say, with with the with a bit of the backlash that we got from from last week, the. There was no negativity, really, from the die share that I had. Other than, I don't always think that the football was was entertaining. I don't. I don't think you, when you went to Turf Moor and you're picking up three points, fantastic. We all want Burnley to win the game and get three points and and skyrocket up the table and not have to look at a relegation battle. But the harsh reality for a club like us, with the spending that we have in the top division and things like that. We're miles off it compared to other teams. I mean, Sheffield United go up this season. If they do, they've got a billionaire owner. You know, yeah. they they've got loads of money sat there in the bank that they can go out and spend money. We can't always do that. We have to be a little bit more diligent. So when when we were talking about you know the the Dice era back in the day, it was brilliant being in the top division and and having these fantastic moments and you know beating Liverpool's at home you know and beating them away beating Chelsea first game of the season at Stamford Bridge all these games were fantastic but we didn't all towards the end definitely we didn't have it wasn't perfect we had a lot of flaws still an aging team you could pick the same starting eleven week in week out now you have no idea who's going to play you've got an attacking mentality. You've got play- finally, finally, we've got players running down the wing. We've got fast players getting the ball, taking the ball, and running down the wing. It's so exciting, and it's a new era. People just need to embrace it. We can't go backwards and go back to those times. We have to embrace this new style of play and get behind the manager and the players and the ethos. And in time, good times will come back. I'm, I'm sure of it. They will come back again. Yeah, it's a good point there. You make about players getting the ball and actually running with it. It's so long, and and, and I don't necessarily criticise Dwight McNeil here himself. I think a lot of it was what he was told to do. But for so long, I just wanted Dwight to get the ball and run with it, and he'd run, piss fart about, turn around and lose the ball because that's a lot of a lot of the stuff. That's where he got told to do. And so many of his fellow players were so far back because they've been defending for the last 75 minutes. By the time he'd made a bomb forward, they'll know to pass it to. So he had to turn back. But it's good to see the likes of Teller, Benson, and more recently Zerure, 
um, come on and 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 take players on, like you say, and and and, and try and get forward. But it's interesting there. We bring on nicely. You mentioned, you know, we have certain restraints, and we, that, those restraints are still kind of there, if not more so, because the Premier League money is going to run out if we don't go up very soon. We do have the debt. I know it's a touchy subject for some fans, but we do have the debt. Admittedly, I, I feel like we've managed it quite well so far. But these, excuse me, these restraints are still there. But recruitment has been good so far under this new regime. Even even last year, all right, Vegos ended up leaving. I think Vegos is the only one that didn't really work out. Well, they all left. Obviously, Collins left, Cornell left, Zonny <laughs> Roberts is still here. But if you look at the players that the new regime has all brought in, whether it be through, well, I don't know how they're doing it, whether it's through AR Scout or through Dash saying, I want that player or however company and, and Pace do it now. It's been good. Look at the look at the players they brought in last year. There's only really Veg Horse that didn't work out, and a, that's whether that's a different debate of whether or not or not he was in the restraints of the system. Which I just think his attitude was the reason why it didn't work out. But again, that's a different debate. Mm-hmm. And Roberts, good. Collins, brilliant. That's why he's still in the Premier League. All right, Silla got sent off in the last game, but you know, he's still. And then obviously Corner, who was class, a little bit rough around the edges, but class. Uh, and West Ham fans seem to like him. Uh, I remember seeing a few fans the other day saying, "Oh, if, if Corner run from the start, we might have got the win." But then, obviously, now sixteen players in. I'm not going to name all of them, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's they've all been. I, I don't look at one player and think oh, he's a bit gash. I'll be honest when. Um, What's he called? Dark old children. I first come, come on. I can't remember what game it was when he first come on. All right, it was like six minutes. So I'm being a bit harsh. Here. I remember thinking, oh, this one might be might be poor. But then he played in the game after, and he was very very good. I was like, yeah, fine. Mm. I, I was wrong about him. Um, obviously, I haven't seen much of McNally, so I can't really comment on him. I haven't seen much of Egan Riley, so I can't comment on him. But Murich. We'll get into the Murich debate in a bit, but I'm a big fan of, uh, well, a fan of um, Edward Bellis, brilliant England under 21 captain for a reason. We've got Zorori, we've got Bayer, um, we've got Benson, Teller, and I know some of these aren't ours, but we've utilised that loan market pretty well. And again, that's another, I wouldn't say middle finger, that's a bit harsh, but that's another difference in way that we didn't used to do things that now we are utilising these markets. So again, with the recruitment, for me, I've been pretty impressed with it. What are your thoughts on the recruitment? I think we, we've we've been brilliant with it. I think it's it's a it's it's a football fan's dream bringing you know loads and loads of players in and having a transfer window where you're going on every day and you're seeing these new links to players over and over yeah. and over again. Even till the last day, we had Michael Obafemi and and uh, reports coming out that Callum O'Hare was still pretty close even at the last stages. Coventry still wanted rid. Um, I don't think you can fault the recruitment. I think all the players that have come in, I think they've all got a role to play. I think they've all they're all different as well. They're not all exactly the same. Um I, I'm I'm with you. I think I I'm a big fan of Murich, definitely. I think you you have, you have to get you have to get behind the keeper. You know, he's he's come in to be company's number one. Uh we've spent uh what like three million pounds on him uh, from City. Um he he is going to be Burnley's number one this season. Um, and people are just going to have to get used to it. You know, he, he's he's in there for a reason. His distribution's good. Um, talking a bit too much on merch, to be fair. I'm not trying to sell him to everybody else. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, Bayer's come in. Um, you don't come through Brescia Munch and Gladbach's youth system if you're a rubbish footballer. Like, you, yeah. you've, you've got to be a good footballer. Um, you know, even, even down to players like Bastian, his work rate, his energy, his ability to just think, do you know what? I'm just going to run around over and over and over again, try to win ball back. And even little things like his, his stuff on Instagram, he's like replaced the corner role of like his Instagram posts on a match day. He's now doing yeah. it with Vitinho. And, and it's nice. It's 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 a really positive thing. And on touching on the loan market, um, I, during the Dice days, also didn't like, loans i still don't particularly love loans i know it's a good way to utilize things in the market because if if we do manage to go up this season you'll say it's a master stroke from from the board and from the manager having players like teller and and madison in for the season and if we do go up this conversation of okay you know can we manage to keep them but um back in the day I'd, i i think loans didn't didn't do us any justice and I, there is something about falling in love of a loan player that can just break your heart like when they go back and they don't come back, yeah. Um, but all in all, I think I, th- I think it's, I think we've been fantastic with it, and I think you know we spent the most in the championship, right? Almost definitely. I presume so. I presume um, so. So 
you know, you, you can't argue with it as a, as, a, as, a, as a Burnley fan, let alone a football fan. You can't argue with it. Yeah, fair. I hear what you're saying about falling in love with lone players. I don't mm. know if this is before your time, but David Johnson, when he came from, I think he came from Forest and he just scored an absolute hat load, um, <laughs> fell in love with him, then he left. Um, Kreene, he came from City. I remember, yeah. I remember chanting his name on the terraces, then he left. <laughs> and of course, more recently, Gary Cahill, I'm sure a lot of fans will remember. Oh, yeah. Who Taylor Howard Bellich reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot, uh, to be honest. Um, but yeah, we'll get into individual players soon. Um, yesterday, the day that we're recording this, it is Friday the 23rd of September. So yesterday, Thursday, the 22nd of September, marked 100 days since Vincent Company was appointed at Turf Moor. Now, what have you made of him? I know we've talked about the style of play, so we'll obviously we'll brush over that. We know we both kind of like it, and it's it, we thought it'd take longer to gel, but it hasn't. But I think the fact that it hasn't taken longer to gel is credit to him because I'm not sure how the new system works with incomings at the turf. Um, I know previously it was pretty much all Dash saying, I want this player, go and get him. Uh, whereas now I think it is more a case of, um, this is just an educated guess, by the way. Somebody could be listening who knows what happens and think you absolute idiot. But I, I, I think now it's more of a case of company saying, I want a player who can do this, this and this. Then the chairman and the board go into their scout number thing, AR scout, Looking there, seeing what about this player, this player, that player. He'll look at him, and say, "Yeah, he'll do." Uh, I think it's, I think it's that. So that's a testament to him that we have gelled so quickly and pace, in my opinion, and the new way in which we are bringing players in. The fact that ten games in, and and I feel like we have clicked to a certain extent. I do still feel like there's more to come, but I do feel that you know uh, we have clicked to a certain extent. But again, it's testament to Vincent Company and the manager and man manager that he is that you know that we're in this position already. He's got the respect of of the footballing world. I said this when we, when we first got linked with him. Is getting Vincent Company is it's almost like giving you a, a free pass with the media as well. Like you know, reporters will be will be. Will, I don't want to say it so crudely, but they'll be very up his ass because of who he is. Like you know, they're yeah. not going to be giving him stick straight away because it's Vincent Company. Look at what he's done in the game of football. He's got a lot of respect by numerous people. You know, and I think he's brought that captain mentality that, you know, when he played for City, he was injured quite a lot. But there was a reason why every time he slotted back in, he had that captain's armband. And it's because he has a mentality that not a lot of players have in football, where it's just go out there and do whatever it takes to win. And being that voice in the dressing room, and I think his transition into management was almost seamless because he was already basically doing that while he was on the sidelines at City. He was man-managing people and helping the gaffer out with whatever he could do. And I think it's his ability to be so honest. You know, again, it's not a comparison, but it's similar to what we loved about Daesh. He could go into into press conferences and simply just say, look, we weren't good enough, you know, and and you need to pick up points in the league and and that's how you... And you need to win football matches to get points. And and he's similar to that. He, He comes into a game and he says, look, we were too slow. Took 65 minutes for us to get going. And then because of that, they're so defensively resolute that we can't break them down. And in the games where we have fallen short, which granted has only actually been one where we've fully fallen short, um, you know, and his he's comments after that game were we just, we never totally got going until the last 15 minutes. And his honesty is, is, is something that as a football fan you can appreciate because it, it, it kind of backs up what we say when we come out of games sometimes. And it's not quite ticked over the way we've we've seen in recent weeks where he just goes, you know, you come out of the game, you think we're too passive, you know, we've yeah. played, we've probably played about 400 passes between the defenders. And then all of a sudden you get home, you look on Twitter and, you know, the 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 reports are out with what he said and he said exactly the same and he backs up your points. And, and sometimes you need a manager like that. That's just too, you know, very honest and can give you an, his honest opinion and, and it backs up kind of what the fans think. You don't want somebody to sugarcoat a, a poor result because it, it just annoys you as a fan because you just think just be honest like you know it wasn't good enough we've been to the game we watched the same game you did like and you know it wasn't good enough yeah I hear what you're saying as well about the, the captain's mentality he's got like a winner's mentality and that's mm-hmm. what I like to call it he knows how to win whether a player seems like it's transferring into management uh, so because of that it commands respect from players already at the club so this is why I was a little bit shocked that so many players left. I thought with somebody like, well, I think we know why in the end, obviously, they needed to get off the wage bill. 
Um, but with somebody like Vincent Company coming in, I thought a few of the players would want to stay uh, and play under him because he because he's done so much in the game, he's won so much. Uh, but on the flip side of that, players wanted to come to Burnley, and I think that was something that was so different as what we didn't see last year. We lost out on somebody that went to Bournemouth. I can't, was it Ryan Christie? Yeah. Um, who, who'd rather drop down into the Championship to play for Bournemouth than come to Burnley. There was a few other examples mm-hmm. of that last season as well. So that, again, is another testament to him. And I think that's why the recruitment has been so good as well, the fact that players actually want to come here. And, and and that's testament as well, because in a lot of the interviews that players did after they arrived, they said, oh, as soon as I heard that Vincent Company was interested, they never really, obviously, they, they mentioned Burnley in a sense, but they always mm-hmm. say, as soon as I heard that Vincent Company was interested, I didn't hesitate. So that side of it has, has been very good as well, as it has to see people that want to play for us. Yeah, that, that was one of my main things that I, that I, that I said. Uh, no, Nobody's ever bigger than the club as well. There's, there's no, I'm not trying to say that, but, with company, you almost feel like his stature, in a way, out outgrows Burnley slightly. Like not that he should be elsewhere, but like mm. he's such a big figure in football. Everybody knows Vincent Company. I bet if you look at a put, like, um, there were a post from Talksport the other day on Twitter um, about when you hear the term captain, who do you think? Obviously, I said Ben Me, but um, a lot of people were saying Company, and it's it. it there's so much respect from rival fans and, and all these clubs. Anybody would have loved to have had Vincent Company as a captain. And like I say, like with the whole media thing, like because he's so big and people have so much respect for him, you won't see much, many bad things being said about us. You know, we've had 10 games so far. You know, sorry, we've won, um, we've won four games. We've drawn a fair few. And, you know, everybody's, saying how wonderful we are to watch and how our football's brilliant and, you know, how we keep possession and how this style of football is clearly working for us. And that'll be partially down to him as well, because you're not going to, you're not going to criticise, you know, what is actually pretty good football and good results and we're in a decent position in the league, but you're not going to criticise a man that commands so much respect from him, not only his players and, 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 and his background staff, but, you know, also like you know, the media and 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 all reporters and everybody that he speaks to just command. He commands respect from them just with his aura, and I, I think I think he's a, I think he's been a brilliant appointment, and I think it, I, I hope that he's with us for a long time because he's clearly got a plan in motion and it's clearly coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah, I do agree um, with some points there. I think um, what you said there about how if he will eventually move on, sort of thing, like if he's doing well, and I think. Just imagine if Vincent Company did the job at Burnley that Sean Dyche did, gets us into Europe. Do you, there's no way that no club wouldn't come sniffing around. Like even Man no, City, you know, if, if we if we finish seventh in the Premier League and then Pep for whatever reason left Man City, City City would be coming straight away. There's no, no. way. Even if he did half the job that Sean Dyche did, because let's not forget, Sean Dyche is still a legend. They did a fantastic job. And I know people don't like us comparing, but nobody's criticising Dyche. It just happens because he's been here for so long, um, up until recently, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But if he did the job that Sean Dyche did, he'd probably be the Belgian manager. So 100% 100 see what you're saying there. Yeah. Look at Frank Lampard. You know, I mean, his, his football manager CV, right, I've spoken, obviously, over here, he's not exactly, you know, liked the most with a lot of Leeds fans and all that type of stuff. And he, they're like the majority of people that I speak to anyway. But his football in CV, he's all right, but it's not that good. I mean, you know, you got Derby, who rinsed the loan market from the club that idolises him with all their amazing young loan players that they've sent out, demolished the wage bill at Derby, Got them the points deduction because they, they, you know, you know they couldn't uh, they couldn't afford to to pay uh, pay the money because of how much money they paid the wages, and he still didn't get them promoted. Then he jumps shit. Yeah. He gets a Chelsea job, like yeah, that was scandalous. How he it got that job was scandalous. Men, and then and then he's gone from there to getting sacked. He's ever is the Everton manager. How how has he gone from the Championship to not win the playoff final to one of the biggest clubs in in. Uh, in the world, actually, and then gone to Everton. Like it, it baffles me. But then with the company thing, it it could be a similar thing. You know, you could see a similar thing happen because he is also somebody who everybody has respect for, and he has affiliations to clubs like you mentioned, Man City. So when 
if that job ever becomes vacant, it's like Arteta at Arsenal. These names instantly yeah. just get thrown into the equation. And, you know, the media sparks a fire and these things, you know, can actually end up happening. I, I Daesh had a lot of respect to Burnley and a lot of loyalty to not leave before he did because that season of getting into Europe was one of the biggest overachievements in football in history for me. We spent yeah. little to no money the squad improved by about that much, and and we got and we got into Europe. And you know, granted, I'll never forgive Olympiacos for devastating me in that in that final game. Um, yeah, I won't even get into the away game. That that was the most corrupt football match I've ever seen. But um, we, you know, we've we've gone through some fantastic times with Daesh and and and, and everything, but, but company. Company is this is is a breath of fresh air to this new era. This is why I keep saying about embracing this new era because you, you it's I, I don't like to dwell on the past at anything in my life, and even when it comes to especially when it comes to football, Daesh had some brilliant moments, but he's not here anymore. And I was shocked when it happened, but now you have to back the new manager and new players because fundamentally nobody is bigger than the club. You know, you we support Burnley, we don't support Sean Daesh, we support you know. Burnley Football Club, and if Burnley are doing well, that 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 is where our our focus should solely lie. And right now, we're ten games in, we're playing fantastic. Some players are exciting as week in week out, and it, it is it's brilliant to watch, and it's exciting times. Yeah, some good points well made there, and I do think for me, I mean, I know we've mentioned briefly there's a couple of worries in set pieces and counter attack conceding goals in them ways. Um, I'm not sure how better we will get at them too because of the way that we play. That's I think we're just going to be susceptible to counter-attacks and and with a lot of younger lads at the back. You know, we don't have Ben Me and Tarka who will literally head a brick away if they needs to. Um I, I do think with with the fact that we have some inexperience at the back, still some good players, but inexperienced mm-hmm. nonetheless, um, that we will be susceptible to set pieces as well. Um, but obviously the the the, the second part of this is what we're gonna do. We are going to do some player ratings. So we're going to do some player ratings of the season so far. And so what I will do, if you're watching on YouTube, I will just bring up um, sort of like a, a, an image of the Burnley squad, just just the players on the pitch. There it is on your screen now. Um, this is the starting lineup from the Bristol City game. Um, ignore all these county championships. So no one cares. I mean, I'm going to say no one cares about cricket then. I love my cricket, um, <laughs> but but no one cares about it on this podcast now. So we'll do some player ratings. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to rate the players on how they have played so far for Burnley, not how good they are overall. Like Taylor, for example, um, we could all rate him an eight because he's been so good for so long, but we'll rate him how he's been this season. Um, So we'll start off with Arianette Murich. Um, I'll go first on this one. Obviously it's a touch. It's I'm going to say touch it. It's it's an opinion. A player that divides opinion. I don't necessarily think it should divide opinion. I think, but I mean, I think everyone's going to say that about their own opinion, aren't they? Though, um, <laughs> but I don't see why he divides opinion so much. He's been told to play in a certain way, and people don't like the way he plays, in my opinion, rather than him. I think that's more of it. I think people just don't like the fact that he, oh god, the fact that he does play out from the back rather than the fact that you know of of the actual goalkeeper himself. But there has been some moments where I've thought. Uh, you didn't really need to do that there, mate, and you're not helping yourself. The time when he rushes out against Wigan, again, I understand why he's done it because he's probably been told to play a half-half and sweep the keeper, so he's probably rushed out thinking, I need to do my job here, but there's times where you you don't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And oh, there's times where you you just close the angle down, which I think would have been the best option there because if he stays on his line, he's going to get he's going to concede. If he rushes out and clatters the man like he did, then he's going to um, give a penalty here, which he did. Um, so I think just closing the angle down would have been better there. I mean, I remember criticising Nick Pope for doing the exact same thing last year, so it's not a criticism of Murich. I just do, do think there are issues sometimes where I just think you're not helping yourself there, mate. But I think the majority have been very, very impressed with him. He makes some good saves. A lot of the passes he plays out the back that some people don't like are fantastic. I mean, he, he, he practically got an assist against West Brom for the long ball up to Teller, which works brilliantly against Millwall as well. And now teams are even doubling up on Teller because of how killer that Murich pass is. So for me, I'm, I'm going to give him... Uh, my average is going to be... My average is going to be six. And I think he's been above average. So I'm going to give him a seven. 
Yeah, I I I would echo that. Um, I think my my only point with with Murich is if we didn't win five one at Wigan, that that um that the worst thing that he's done this season was that like yeah. that that was the worst thing he's done so far this season, and that's not even the thing that people seem to bring up because we won five one in the game. That game against Blackpool, everybody's moaning about him and playing it out from the back and and Cullen getting dispossessed in midfield and and conceding. The only reason why people are bothered about that one is, is because we drew 3-3. But we were 3-1 up, even with that goal. We shouldn't have drawn the game 3-3 regardless. Like, yeah. They're the only really two goals that I, that I believe he's conceded as is, is the penalty at Wigan, which was completely scandalous. And the 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 Blackpool one I don't I I I won't even want to put blame on either of them because things like that can happen in football all the time you know you play it out and you just turn the wrong way or yeah you know, I, so I, I, I think I, that I think was about half right. and half I think I think yeah. Cullen should have done better with it but Norwich should have just said right now was not the time to pass it out yeah now but the I think time since then get rid I think since then you you see that you know you, exactly, sometimes yeah. everything in life trial and error you have to do if you do something wrong one time you're never ever going to do it again. And and that is exactly the same situation, you know. He's, he's done, he's done something wrong, and since then we've not really seen him do it. Do it since he's not played the ball yeah. out to somebody in a dangerous position. He's 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 starting to loop the ball over defenders to a fullback, and get as a a, a, a stage further up the pitch again. I, I think he's been really good. I won't I won't I won't want to put much criticism on him because half of the goals we've conceded this season as well have just been sloppy goals all round. You know. I don't think we've conceded very many goals where you could say that was very well worked. Because yeah, you know, like even even the goal against Watford where we actually lost the game, I thought that was just a momentary lapse of concentration, and 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 we've conceded because we were sloppy defensively towards the end of a half. I think we've been pretty good defensively as well to say like we keep talking about all these young defenders, which I'm sure we'll get, be getting onto the player ratings in a minute. But I, I think I think they've all been quite good to be fair. Yeah, I agree with that. Just just as we are talking about this, Andy Jones on The Athletic has tweeted about Harry Netmiorich uh, and echoes what you were saying, really, and which is a good point of how he's learned from that mistake which he made against Blackpool, or partly against Blackpool. Um, passes into the opposition half, Harry Netmiorich, the first five games, only 23. The second five games, just short of double with 41. So he's obviously thought, Time and a place, whereas against Blackpool, he obviously just, he was just focused on right. We're playing out from the back. That's all mm-hmm. we're going to do. So and he's giving it to Cullen in a dangerous position, and then obviously we've conceded. So he's obviously, like you say, he's learnt from that mistake and and adapted his game. And I think I think the introduction of Teller has helped that because mm-hmm. Teller is now a focal point that they can hit. They know if they punt it over their back line, Teller's going to get onto it. Um, so yeah, that backs up your point there. But what's your rating then, mate? Obviously, I went for seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for seven as well. I think there's there's room for improvement on every player because I don't think we've still I don't think we've seen the best of everybody just yet. Um, so I do think Merich will come more into his own, and that that um, you know the goalkeeper position will will solidly be his, and people will start you know the criticism will hopefully start to slowly fade away, um, and and people can just get behind him because I think he, I think he's been really good for us so far, really really good. Yeah, agree. Um, I need to go in nine minutes, so we're going to have to rattle through these. Yeah. Uh, we've got 10 players to do in nine minutes, but we can do it. Um, <laughs> Roberts, um, unfair criticism for me here and there, but as Vizzy said on the show a few weeks ago, is a player that just comes in, does his job, and then leaves. He doesn't wow you. He doesn't make any massive mistakes. There's been a few times where he's a little bit sloppy and a few times where he will pick out a good pass. But other than that, you know, it's just a player that is, you know, does his job. So, as I said earlier, my average is six. I think he's been average. He's not been poor, as some people are suggesting, uh, but he's not been amazing. Um, I would still like to see Lawton in that role, um, not necessarily a, a week-in, week-out basis. I just want to see what he would look like in that role uh, more than anything. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd give Roberts a six. I'd give him a six as well. Like, like you said, I don't think he's been poor. I just think... I just think he solidly does his job every single week, and to you know, like like we mentioned about his attitude, um, about his his attitude last week, you know, maybe part of his attitude comes from not maybe wanting to be a little bit more attacking. But like I said before, when you've got 
your other two fullbacks in Vitinho and Madison, who are doing so well going forward and also getting the statistics to back him, back him up. Um, I think you are, sometimes you have to, you know, sacrifice your role and just do your job. And I think he has yeah. done that quite well. So I think, yeah, six would do me. Yeah, I think, I think I mean, I won't get into it too much because like I said, we need to rattle through these. But I do think part of the Roberts thing is he thinks he's not above Burnley, but he thinks he's better than the championship. And mm-hmm. I, I, think, I just think he's not happy to be in the championship. But yeah, we mentioned his attitude last week. And I think that's the reason why sometimes fans do criticise him rather than his actual performances. Um, on to the centre-backs, Harewood Bellis, very impressed with him. I think he's an absolute Rolls-Royce of a defender. Um, it will probably be City's starting defender in the next two, three years, um, if not earlier than that. You know, if we go up, you know, maybe we, we might stand... Well, we'd stand a better chance of signing him, put it that way, but whether we'd sign him or not is a different matter. But I think he's been absolutely class and he's probably one, one of the ones I've been impressed with the most because teams are built on good defenses and he's a very 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 good defender so I, I would give him an eight I've been very impressed with him I, I'm gonna give him a nine because I think he's been one of I think he's been for me the player that's come in and been the best player of yeah. overall for me I think he's majority flawless I think his balls out from the back are brilliant I think yeah. um I think his his ability to drive with the ball is brilliant. I think his defensive work's great, and I think he's one of our only strong aerial presence uh, presences in the team. Like he, he's goal against Preston, and he eats balls up over the top like that for breakfast. And I think the unfortunate side of it is, I think we have about that much chance of getting him back on a permanent deal because he is genuinely that good. He's he's yeah, like he's going to be brilliant. Like I said earlier, it reminds me of Gary Cale, and I think he'll go on to have a, a yeah. very similar career to Cale, who, who played mm-hmm. for England at the World Cup, won Champions Leagues, won Premier Leagues. I do think Howard Bellis will do both of them, yeah. uh, all three of them, sorry. Um, Bayer, a little bit hard to judge because we've only seen him you know, for a full 90 minutes once, uh, but I was impressed with him. Um, but I feel like it's difficult to give him any higher than a seven, simply because we haven't seen him that much. But on mm-hmm. the game, I was impressed with him, so I'm going to give him a seven. Yeah, you, like you say, it, it, you struggle to judge, but you can only judge based on what you've seen. And I think the games that we have seen, I do agree. I think uh, I think a seven had had fit very well. I think he's he slots in, in, into the role next to Howard Bellis, and and he's really making that position his own. He he almost plays very similar. He headers up, he wins the ball back a lot, and his ability to drive the ball out is he's like Howard Bellis, very very good. Just a quick one, not too much of a tangent, but do you think Charlie Taylor gets back in the squad or do you think we stick with um, Bayer? I think you've seen more of Charlie. So I think the, the 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 decision could be very much based on that. Is I've seen eight games of you and two of you. And yeah. even though your two games have been good, Charlie's had, out of those eight games, probably... Six very good game or good games at least. Um, uh, so I think you know, I, like I said last week, if I saw either name on the on the team sheet, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind at all. Fair enough. Moving on to Martin then. I've, I Martin was my favourite in the first two or three games of the season before that Blackpool red card. He was my favourite signing. I loved him. He was scoring goals, getting up the wing, putting balls in. He was brilliant. But then he lost his head against Blackpool and he went down in my estimations a little bit. Not too much. I mean, I would have given him a nine based on them first few games. He was class. Yeah. And I had Chelsea fans texting me saying, how good is this guy? He's a baller. And I'm like, mate, he's class. If this is what you're left back for the next 10 years, you're going to do well. Um, but then, like I said, he lost his head. And he's not done very well since he's come back in the side. Like He's not been poor, but he's not been good. He's not been as good as he was in the earlier part of the season. So, like I said, he would have been on for a nine, but I, I can only give him an eight, I think. And I think giving him the same as Taylor Harewood Bellis is probably harsh on Taylor Harewood Bellis. But he was so good in the earlier part of the season that I, I'm just reluctant to give him anything less than that. But I think for me, Martson, eight. Yeah, I think that, that's why I gave Howard Bellis a nine, was just so that I could say... Um, he's just a little bit above him uh, in my estimation, but um, no, I, I agree. I think I think about an eight would would suffice. I think he's been, I think he's been really good. I think, like you said, he didn't go too much down in my estimation because he's still a young player. He's still, you know, learning his craft and and learning 
you know the more he even said it himself on instagram you know i you know he lost his head but he's always learning and and that's all you can ask for from a young player is that okay you've done it now if you do it again that's when we'll call you a plonker but yeah, until yeah. then you know i think he's been really good so yeah nate definitely yeah fair enough similar <laughs> what i'm saying about Mjolnir, weren't we with the the playing out from the back and i was learned from it um i'm going to bring in point fives from that one actually because um i don't want to give people too high but i do because there's people i want to give that we'll get into it um cullen i am I, he's going to get my highest so far i've been very impressed with cullen He's very similar to Jack Cork in the fact that he just does the job. Nobody really notices him, but he makes the club tick and sorry, makes the team tick. But I think a big part of why I want to give him so high is because I think without him, we, we would struggle to adapt to this system. I think he's come in and helped us adapt to this system because he's played it for so long before under Vincent Company. So for me, I'm bringing out my point fives. I'm giving him an 8.5. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him a. I'm going to give him an eight um, just so that I don't look like I'm copying you all the time. Um, <laughs> he, um, he he has been very impressive. Um, like I said, he, he he's coming. Uh, it's a seamless transition for him. He knows company, he knows the style of play, he knows the system. So he's the one that slots in there and just does it well. I think him and Cork complement each other quite well. Um, so, yeah, really impressed, really impressed with Cullen, to be fair. Jack Cork is next. Again, I don't think I can give him any more or any less than Cullen. I think they are very, very similar players. Again, I've, everything I've just said about Cullen fits perfectly with Jack Cork, obviously, apart from the fact that he's already played in the company. But I think with Jack Cork, he does suit this system pretty well. Um, he offers the defence protection. And it's, like I said, I've pretty much just said all, all the same things with Cullen. So I'm going to give him an 8.5, the same as Cullen. And I think that defensive midfield is 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 pretty strong and mm. it, that's why I think I think I think the reason why we concede I'm going to say as little as we do it's not as little as it should be but the reason why we haven't conceded more is because of the protection that these two are offering it's their ability Jack Cork's ability to be able to win the ball Cullen's ability to be able to win the ball which has surprised me a little bit because I didn't actually I, I saw him at Charlton um, previously and I didn't think um, I, I don't remember seeing him like that, so nippy and winning the ball back, but his ability to want the ball, he wants it at feet and he wants to distribute. And having like a deep lying playmaker in your team is it, 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 you don't see very many of them anymore. Deep players, you see a lot of your more creative players in the attacking midfield position, but when you have a deep player that can make a pass, it, it can get you through the stages so much quicker. And I think that that's what Cullen does for us, but Cork winning that ball back it is he's fantastic he's the perfect player for our club with experience of playing the old system you still need somebody in there to get the nitty-gritty stuff done and keeping jack court was a big plus for us so yeah an eight definitely yep fair enough agree with pretty much everything you said there uh manuel benson um I don't. I like him i'm not saying i don't like him i just feel that he would be better i think sometimes he gets he goes quiet in games and I feel like he, he needs to get rid of that side of him. But when he gets the ball and runs at players, he's, he's brilliant to watch. I think it was the Millwall game. I know we've mentioned it already, but I think he's more of a, a an impact player simply because of this game. Because I personally wouldn't be starting Benson. I'd be starting somebody else, your JBGs. I know you can't use JBG every week because he's made of glass, but... I'd start in somebody like that, somebody who's going to tire out the defence by, you know, ticking it over, running at them every now and then, and then bringing on someone like Benson, because I think in that role, he will be class. Uh, and he was class against Millwall. It, you know, he was the first player to try and actually take somebody on. And I think mm -hmm. he had put in a cross for a corner, which we scored from, or something similar. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but I think he's been good, and I'm going to carry on with my point fives because I think I'd want him to be higher than Bayer. Um, in fact, no, because I don't think he deserves necessarily to be higher than Murich. So I'm going to give him a seven. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to give him a, a seven point five. Um, no, no, I'm not. Uh, I am going to give him a seven, like you. I am. I promise you, I'm not copying you. Um, <laughs> I think his his ability to 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 run at players is brilliant. He, he's he's the player for me that uh, that we've signed that so far not based on like what I've seen in the past or when he came in and what type of player he thinks he is. From what I've seen, he's the player that I've wanted at Burnley for years. Somebody who wants to just get the ball and his first instinct doesn't think anything else is just, if I can beat you. And once I've beat you, then what do I do? 
that's sometimes yeah. where he struggles a little bit is with the I've beat you now, what do I do? But yeah, the majority of the times he gets the ball when he gets the ball into the box, they're brilliant. Them balls that he puts into the box, I, I don't I haven't seen them from many players really in, in, in football where he can curl a ball and it can hit the six yard box and then bounce past. And if you have that player coming in at the back stick, it's like a guaranteed goal every time. It, it's such yeah. a, a deadly cross. So yeah, I, I'd give him a seven and I think he's been I think he's been really good and I think he'll be a very, very exciting player across the season. Joshua Brownell is next. Uh, for me, he's been our best player so far this season. I think that's echoed with the fact that he's just won the uh, PFA Championship Player of the Month Award for August. He's scored goals. He's got assists. He wants to get forward. He wants to He wants to get in the box. And he has been fantastic in that new role. And I know he's technically the number eight, but he's playing in that number 10 sort of role just behind the striker. And I think it suits him brilliantly. I think, I don't want, again, I'm not criticising the old regime, but I think the fact that he was asked to do a lot of defensive work made a lot of people doubt how good he were under the previous manager. Um, whereas now he's just found a new lease of life in, in that role. And, and for me, he's going to get probably the highest I'm going to give anybody um, today, you know what? I've written nine point five. I think that's a bit much because there's always room for improvement. And I think even I know it's point five an improvement, but I still think there's room for improvement with Josh. Mm. Um, but he has easily been for me our star player, so I'm going to give him a nine. Yeah, <laughs> keep going with the same as what I'd go for. He, him, and Howard Bellis have been our two best players, I think. So I think to give him a nine alongside Howard Bellis is very fair. I think. I agree with your point about the old regime. I said it last week. It's no criticism of Dyche because, like I said, he didn't hold the team back. He held individuals back. And uh, uh, and I think he held Brownell back. And I think him being in this attacking role, uh, scoring the goals that he's scoring, getting into these mega positions, I think he's been really good. So I give him a nine. Yep, excellent. Um, Nathan Teller, I love Nathan Teller, like he's probably <laughs> been my favorite signing. I absolutely love it, and I don't know why because my little boy's been on one game on his first game against Bristol City. And I said to him the other day, I went, Parker, who's your favorite player? And he went, Uh, Nathan Teller. I think that's just because of the the, the song. I come home singing the song, like Nathan yeah, Teller, yeah. baby. And then mm. when they were singing it on the cricket field end on the turf, he turned around to me, Daddy, Nathan Teller, baby. So I think yeah. it's probably just because of that. But I come home singing it because I like him. I love players that will run in behind defences the way he does. And that touch, it's sensational. Mm. He has got such a good touch. We've, we've scored a goal directly from one of his touches, effectively. The, the one against West Brom with the penalty, yeah. thanks to the Mjoric long ball. He, he brought that ball down. The keeper clatters him. And then we, we scored the penalty. It happened against Millwall as well. I just don't think we scored from the free kick. Um, but for me, he he's my favourite new signing. So I'm going to give him an... I'm going to give him a level with Markson, even though I would say it, it, it just edges Markson for me. But I can't bring out a point two five now, can I? And I don't want to give him more. I don't want to give him the same as Cullen and Cork. So I'm going to give Teller an eight. I'm going to give him an eight point five, simply based on, like we said, it's about what we've seen, and the reason why I love Benson is because Benson takes players on and he goes at them. The reason why I like Teller is he gives us. The pace, but on the other side of the coin, he doesn't get the ball and run. He gets the ball yeah. in behind. We have an outlet ball. If, if you're pending so deep and, and you're getting pressed and you play it back to Merch and you think, oh, it's just an oof. We used to play up to Chris Wood and he used to either win an header or miss an header or he were offside. Um, now, <laughs> normally the latter. Yeah, normally the latter. Now, you play ball over top. You've got Nathan Teller zooming at 100 mile an hour past the defenders and he's latching onto balls left, right and centre and he's ticking it down like he's Lionel Messi and the ball's sticking to his foot like glue. And it is, it, it's it's exciting to see having two wingers that are so different but yet have, you know, have a similar style of play in a way. You know, they both, you know, have the pace to get at people. So, yeah, I, I'm, I can't even remember what I just gave him now, but uh, whatever I gave him, that's what 8. I gave 5, him. 8.5, I've written 8. it down. <laughs> Thank you. 8.5. Um, I think, yeah, 8.5, definitely. I think he's been yeah, really it's, good. It's the fact that he brings... I've never seen a player bring a ball down like that before. Like, it, it must be... I mean, I know it is so difficult because I've tried so many times and never successfully did it. In fact, I don't <laughs> think I've ever tried that many times. I've never that high up the pitch. Um, but to bring a ball down like that, it's absolutely sensational. And the fact that Southampton have let him go when they're looking over the shoulder for relegation, I think they must have some quality players there and hopefully they don't ask for him back in January. Um, mm. 
Quickly, Gio Rodriguez, uh, 8.5, I think, for me. Been impressed with him. I think I'm not, I don't want to say he's found his level, but I think the le- the championship level, we've seen a lot more of him. He's getting more space. He's, he's running across defenders a lot more, and he's, and he's scoring more goals. And I do think it, 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 well, I think it's pretty easy to say that he'll be our top goal scorer this season. But I think he could be in with a shout for the championship top goal scorer as well, depending on well, how well we do. So I'm going to give him, because I don't think he's up there with Brownhill just yet, but I think he's done very, very well, like Cullen and Cork have. So I'm going to give him an 8.5. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give him an 8, because I think, I agree with you, I think he'll definitely be in and around the Championship top goal scorer. I think he scores goals. At every level, he scored goals for us in the Premier League. He's a good player. He's a good, experienced footballer, and especially in the strike position, he's a very good player. And I think... Um, the main thing that I like about him now, compared to how he used to play and how I've even seen him play at West Brom in the past, is he, he, he comes for the ball now. He receives the ball to feet and he distributes yeah. and then he moves. And because he knows he hasn't got the pace in behind as much anymore and he's not, uh, the balls are always coming into the box, he has to adapt his game a little bit. And I think he's adapted it really well and that's why he get an eight from me. Fair enough. Just quickly, some of the players that obviously didn't start against Bristol City, Goodmanson, um, probably about a seven for me, Goodmanson. He still frustrates me a little bit. How, how he just always so obviously he got the assist for again for Jay against Bristol City. So it, I'm not saying he's poor, but it frustrates me a little bit how I think he can sometimes slow the game down when we try and play it in, in this new way. Like he'll get the ball, threaten to run at somebody, then and then pass it back inside. Um, but then he got the assist against Bristol City. So hopefully that's that's a sign of him thinking, sod it, I'm just going to cross it more rather than trying to keep possession like I've been told to. So, for me, probably about a 7.5, I think, for JBG. I'm going to sound really harsh now. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give him a 6.5. I still don't think we've seen enough of him really to to be able to give him this kind of, you know, you've been in and amongst all these other players that are really exciting us because... He doesn't. He doesn't have that same level of excitement, and I'll always, I'll always back Goodmanson. I think he's a very good technical player, and I think he's just different to the rest of them. And I think that's why he's a good option to have. Um, but I would give him a six point five because I think, other than the assist the other day, I don't think he's been exceptional. I think he was a. He, I think he was good in the first half at Wigan, and then I think he was a bit of a wanderer until he got brought off, and then I think um, did he? He didn't play against. He started against Millwall. And the injection of Benson proved why that works in our system more than that technical player does. But then again, he came on at Bristol City as a substitute and and got the assist. So I think maybe him and Benson will be very interchangeable with who starts, who comes off yeah, off the bench. I agree so with I think that. It's, it's a good. It's a good, it's a good option to have, definitely. Yeah, good headache to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finally, Taylor um, done very well. Say he's a square peg in a round hole, um, but I do think sometimes you can tell he's a square peg in a round hole. Um, mm. But you know, he's playing out of position, so I don't want to be too critical on him. I, I would personally keep Bayer in there, but mm. having said that, I'm going to give Taylor a higher rating than Bayer, um, <laughs> simply because of what I said earlier. I don't, think, I've not seen Bayer enough, but I am impressed with him. But with Taylor, you know, fair play to him for coming in, doing that role, uh, an eight from me for Taylor. Yeah, an eight from me. I think the, the, the role he's playing in comparison to how he's played previously, it, it's, it's you know, it's it's hard. It, it is, I, I've done it at a much lower level. Um, but when you move from one position to another, you need the the time to adapt. And I think he he's adapted quite quickly to say that he's, he's, he's been a left-back for about, 10 years of his career. So I think, yeah, you've got to give him a, you've got to give him a decent rating there. And I think he, I think he definitely deserves that. So, yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, that's it then. I need to go. I need to go and pick the little boy up from school. Uh, apologies, Parker. Looks like I'm going to be late. Um, but <laughs> I'll, I'll zoom. Don't worry, I'll zoom. Legally. I'll legally zoom. Legally, yeah, absolutely. Watching. Uh, but thank you, Sam, for coming on the show. Just want to let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah. Clarence Roundup page on Twitter. Uh, come on over. We'll have a chit chat. Happy days, but no criticism. None at all. Don't no, criticize no, no me, criticism. otherwise I'll cry. I won't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you, mate, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. It's good to have the option to do something different as well. Thank you for suggesting it. It's been a pleasure. And thank you to everybody for watching. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, please give the video a like if you haven't already. Subscribe if you haven't already. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you to YouTube. But thank you to everybody for watching or listening. And we will see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. 
all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.